and welcome to Moments with Moni. I'm so glad you're here, where we ponder life from a biblical perspective, where salt makes us thirsty and light exposes darkness. Come, let's ponder these things together. Good morning. I'm so glad you could all make it today. I have a special guest for us today. Her name is Jen Uren, and she has a lot of good information, I I believe, for um, this time of quarantine or whatever part of it you're at in your place. Uh, But she has a Facebook page and a blog that has information on more mommy moments, you can find that moremommymoments.com. But today I have asked, and we'll talk more about that later, but today I've asked her on to share her testimony. So I'd like you to meet Jen Yurin. Well, hello. <laughs> thanks for having me here. Oh, thanks for joining me. I'm so glad you could make it. I know it's busy at home when there's little ones in the house, so I appreciate your time. Absolutely. It was a good excuse to send them out of the house for a little while and have some quiet. (laughs) Oh, good. Oh, good. Now, tell me, how many children do you have? So I have five kids. Um, My oldest is 20 and off at school. And then I have a 17-year-old son, a 12-year-old daughter, and a five-year-old son and a four-year-old daughter. So we we have it all, toddlers, tween, teen, and 20. So That's wonderful. Um, We just had two sons, which I really enjoyed. They're 30 and 35, and then we have eight grandchildren mm-hmm. that are, are range from almost 13 and down to, um, well, he's just over a year now. Oh, so fast. It goes so fast. They grow up so fast. Yes, yes. Well, it's feast or famine in this house. Yeah. <laughs> they're either all here or they're not. Miss them when they're yes. not. <laughs> right. Yeah. And enjoy it the first day after they leave. <laughs> yes, but then you want them back. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So how are you doing during this social distancing era in the house? You know, we're, we're doing okay. And mostly because um, the Lord had laid it on my heart for last school year, we homeschool, but we pulled out of our co-op and we pulled out of all activities. So when quarantine hit in March and everyone was canceling activities, nothing changed in our house. So, um, so we eased into it a little bit differently than most families. Oh, fantastic. I love how God does that. You know, we yes. did the same you know, decades ago, had them all at home and it was wonderful. I really enjoyed having them home. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yes. It's a good time. So yeah. you're already got then some uh, homeschooling experience under your belt then. Yeah, this is my eighth year. And I like to tell people I'm a reluctant homeschooler. I never wanted to homeschool. I loved it when they were all in school because I had some time to myself. But it, you know, God impressed it on me with each of our kids at different times that it was the right thing to do. And uh, it's been a gift at various points. Uh, I, I just continue to see why it has been good for our family. So it's been oh, good. Glad to hear that for you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so have, um, where are you located at? So I'm currently, we live in um, the northern suburbs of Chicagoland. So southern, northern Illinois, just real close to the Wisconsin border. Okay. So you're not affected by the 
smoke and fires of the west or the hurricanes of the east southeast other than we've had the most beautiful sunrises and sunsets for about a week because the smoke did make it this far but uh just enough to color the sun make it very red and and gorgeous so yeah so we're up in north idaho where fall is starting and i love it when all of the the whole countryside changes and god puts a new color on everything it's just gorgeous does it happen too Oh yes, yes. It's it's very pretty, and it's just starting to change here. We're we're enough for south that you know we're not quite there, but where my daughter is in Michigan, they've hit their peak, and it was splendid. Oh, already? Yes, she's way up north, way up north. So yeah, yeah. I'm two hours south of Canada, but okay, it hasn't hit yet. Yeah, we're almost there. Yeah. So I know God paints this beautiful picture in creation, but he also does it in our lives. Yes. So that's one of the reasons I wanted to ask you on. I know you've got a busy life and I'd like to know in your life how God has ordered your steps from the time that you became a believer in him to this walk of sanctification and um, going into the things that he has directed your life to do. So um, can you get us started on that journey? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I was actually born one town over here in Illinois uh, from where I live at the moment because um, my dad was in seminary here preparing to go into the ministry. And uh, so so it's kind of funny because, well, the town I live in now is the same town we lived in when I was an infant. So it's just funny to be home, but I grew up in Minnesota. We moved away from here when I was about 18 months old. So it's, it's just interesting to be back in that context. So my dad has been a pastor um, my entire life. So I, you know, he was in seminary when I was born, we moved um, up to the Milwaukee area for his first church when I was about 18 months old. And then when I was um, about four, We moved to Minneapolis, Minnesota, and um, my parents have been there ever since. And growing up in Minnesota was, um, I loved it. I loved it. Winters were sunny. They're so gray in Illinois. You know, the snow was not a problem. I loved Minnesota. But we didn't have any family locally. So the church kind of became my family. Um, When we first moved there, my cousins and aunts and uncles all lived in Iran where they were missionaries. Um, I had a grandpa that I had never met. We didn't know where he was. I wondered where he was. And so we just, we just didn't have family. The church became our family. And when I was um, four years old, I remember in Sunday school, um, Mrs. Hunter was my teacher and she told us that um, if we wanted to go live with Jesus in heaven someday, we needed to ask him into our hearts. And of course I wanted to do that because that sounded exciting but um, it was really a little bit motivated out of fear because what if I died and I didn't go to heaven? So, um, so I asked Jesus into my heart with that childlike faith at the age of four, understanding as much as you can possibly understand as a four-year-old. <laughs> um, and I loved being a PK for the most part, a pastor's kid. Um, I loved growing up in the church. I loved, um, I loved being special. And, and I kind of was special because it was a smaller church and, you know, I was the pastor's kid. So I assumed everyone just loved me, but I think it was probably a little bit more that I was the pastor's kid. Um, but then as I was growing in my faith, I discovered that being a pastor's kid, you kind of get overlooked on some things. 
because they have a lot of assumptions. Um, so for example, when I approached people and said, you know, hey, I'd like to be in, you know, a, a discipleship group or a Bible study with some people, they'd say, well, you're a pastor's kid, so you were already probably discipled at home, and I should probably invest my time and energy into someone who doesn't have um, the same advantages that you have. And so I got totally skipped with discipleship at every turn. It wasn't until I was an adult that I finally found somebody who's like, yes, I will meet regularly with you and answer these questions and work through these things. Um, but what I didn't realize was happening was that under the surface, there was a lot of pressure that my parents were under, and there were some, uh, some major problems that were happening in the church and things that were about, um, about to boil over. And so after about 13 years there, so I was 16 years old, I was in my junior year of high school, everything erupted and the church split and we, we had to leave. So that was kind of my introduction to trauma. <laughs> um, it was really traumatic for our family in, in some immediate ways, because suddenly my dad was unemployed. I'm in high school. What are we going to do? But in some long-term ways of things that I couldn't have named growing up that were problems, you know, that, that, that we needed to work through. And unfortunately, the denomination we were in did not really step up. There was no counseling for our family. There was, there was an offer of support but we would have had to fund it. And of course, we're now unemployed and it was, it was really challenging. And at the time, I attended a private Christian school, as did my brother and sister. So, you know, that's another layer of, <laughs> of responsibility on my dad. But what surprised me was even there, as I would go and talk to a teacher and say, hey, here's what's going on. I'm struggling with this assignment, but I'm really struggling in my life. I found very little empathy or support. So now I've had the church that has rejected me and I'm not finding Christian community in my Christian high school. And so I kind of left for um, college while my family was sort of in this very deep pit of despair. And we were all kind of figuring on our own, figuring out on our own how to process this huge loss. And it was especially hard on my dad. I mean, it. I, I think it was a good almost three years that I didn't see him smile. It was, it was hard. But where I saw God immediately in all of this was um, about two years before the church split, God provided through a whole series of miracles, which is a whole other story in and of itself. He provided a house two blocks away from the church that my parents were able to purchase. So we owned a home, which gave us some location stability when the church split happened. We weren't Prior to that, we'd been in a parsonage, so we didn't have to move, which was amazing. And at the end of my senior year of high school, I kind of came to a point where God just really worked in my heart and helped me recognize that we live in a fallen world. People abandoned us, and people caused this great trauma in our lives, but Jesus was there at every turn, and he never left us, and he didn't do this to us. He provided for us. No meals were missed. Christmases while lean always had gifts under the tree. The mortgage was paid. Things were provided. And it required a lot of creativity sometimes, which is something my dad is very, very strong in. But that was a good thing to learn and think differently. And God answered my prayer about my grandpa 
And we found him. And when I was 19 years old, we met him for the first time. So there were some immediate things right there that were pretty cool. And now, which I'm now what, 30 some years past this, it continues to play out. I went, when I went off to college, I met my husband. We got married, gained his extended family who are absolutely amazing. And we have these three wonderful children. And then about four years ago, I, I heard about a little boy who needed an immediate adoption placement. And we had never given adoption a thought, seriously. I mean, we toyed with it like once in a while, like, hey, when the kids are older, maybe we'll adopt some uh, you know, older sibling set. But we've never done a thing about it. It turned out we were the family for this little boy. And so we stepped forward in faith and said, well, we'll go for it until guy closes a door. And it turned out he had a baby sister. And uh, so we literally had a surprise adoption. One day we had three children. Two weeks later, I had five children in my house. And six months later, the adoption was finalized. So it's non-traditional. It's not like any adoption I've ever heard about. We did it 100% backwards. But that longing I grew up with of wondering who my grandpa was, wondering where he was, wondering if he wanted to know me, why he left, all those questions, it placed this longing in my heart where I was able to understand what my kids as adopted kids might go through someday. And so it really encouraged me. So I've built, I've taken the time to build relationships with their bio family, with their previous caregivers. So I see God redeem that even now with that. And then once we got the kids, we got heavily involved with a support group that taught us a lot about trauma. I have a question. I'd like to go back yeah. and kind of explore a little bit of the living in a fishbowl sure. as you were growing up. Sure. It sound like you've really healed from all of that. What is it that helped you through that time? Well, really, a lot of it actually was we got involved with a, uh, a support group for the kids when they adopted, and it was based on trauma, understanding trauma, helping work through trauma. And as I learned about trauma and attachment and connection and all these things, I was really kind of doing a lot of healing and, and, and work in my own heart. And I've seen more growth and healing in my life in the last three, four years than in the 30 years prior to that. So really these babies and this adoption were a big part of that healing from all the hurt and, and trauma of growing up in the church. Yeah, that's I've noticed that as I speak with people and then in my own life as well. I think when we're young, we don't understand. Our brain isn't able to handle those things. But as we grow and go through things like this, God uses that to heal us. And now starting, even though it's it's wonderful for you to have these two new children to add to the other three you had, they start with brokenness because they did they don't have their original family. Right. They're blessed to have you. And I'm sure that they will see that as they grow up. But now you're there to help them with the comfort that you have been given. That's one of the things yeah. I wanted to find out. Yeah. That's yeah. beautiful. Beautiful how God does that in our hearts. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then your grandpa too, yes. having him in your life. Now, can he meet with the children? Uh, is he, he a part of your life now? Um, he was very much a part of my life. So I met him when I was 19. And unfortunately, he passed away 13 years ago. Okay. Um, but I mean, even in, even in that, 
at the end of his life, he was, uh, he couldn't see anymore to read and he couldn't hear. So I couldn't write him letters. I couldn't call him on the phone. He lived in Alaska. So I also couldn't visit him very easily. And then he passed away while I was pregnant with our, our third daughter. And she was actually our fourth pregnancy. We had lost our third pregnancy at 17 weeks. So it was pretty traumatic. And because of that, my doctor said, there's no way you're traveling. You're, you are high risk. You're going to stay here. So I was not able to go up to Alaska for the funeral, but my dad did. And he did the funeral and he videotaped the funeral so I could watch it later. And while I'm watching that video, there's this, this gal about my age who gets up and says, you know, I lived across the street from, um, everyone called him Mr. Ed, from Mr. Ed, and I don't have family here, so my little boys and I would drive him around, and he would talk about, you know, the mountains of Bavaria. He grew up in Germany, and I thought, I would love to meet this woman, and, you know, of course, this is, Facebook is brand new. I wasn't on it yet at that point, and I thought, I don't know how I'm going to ever find this woman. And three months later, I am sitting in the nursery at our church, and one of the families from church, their son and daughter-in-law, came in from Alaska, and as we get to chatting, and only as God can do it, in the conversation, we discover this gal is her best friend. And so God brought her right there to me in the nursery in Illinois, and we've now been friends for 12 years. So, I mean, it's just beautiful. God is good. Yes, he is all the time. All the time. Yeah. Bavaria. Yeah, I know it well. Ah. A family there too. It's gorgeous. Oh, how fun. Yeah, but to be able to have those lives and that history and uh, and now you creating a legacy for your own children, beautiful thing. So mm. how are you and your husband walking with the Lord? What does that look like right now? That's been interesting. One of our dreams is we're, we're in the process of moving towards this, but it's to kind of really downsize, get an RV and travel the country. And so one of the things we ask about a lot or talk about a lot is what does that look like for church and church community when you're a nomad, when you're traveling all the time? And so COVID has really, that's one of the things that's really brought out for us was starting to experience what is it like to not have a church to go to every Sunday and what is our personal walk with Jesus like. And I think for us, it has revealed that we really need to be a little stronger in our daily walk and and owning that responsibility that we had kind of relied a little too heavily on the church communally for a lot of things, you know, from our children's faith development to our own. So we've been, you know, showing up our time of praying together. We made a rule a while ago that uh, we don't watch TV in the evening until we've prayed together. We were very, very good about that for a long time. And then we moved into a new home about six weeks ago and all of our rhythms and routines changed. And last week we went, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> We've not been following our own rules. So we're, we're going back to that. I think I have learned over time that, you know, when I was a child, my faith, my structure was the church. And if they said it, I believed it. And now my husband has challenged me always in our marriage, but I really think I've embraced it in the last several years that I need to learn and read and grapple for myself. And if I can't say the reason for what this is, is because scripture says, and here's where, but if my reason is because in the sermon I was told, then I need more, I have to do more work. Oh. So 
Excellent. Yeah. Excellent teacher. Yes. There. You, have, <laughs> you have. Yes. Yes. So, okay. With that in mind, then how does your belief in the view of end time theology affect the way that you live your life now and how? Well, that's interesting because um, growing up, having a husband, my husband also went to seminary. So we came back to this area, which is why we're here, because he was in seminary and the church that we attend is the closest church to that same seminary. So I have been in a world of seminarians from a church perspective for the last 20 years. That's one of those church jokes, I guess. We talk about, you know, are you pre-trib, post-trib? You know, what, are, what, are you, what is your end time theology? I have never studied that deeply and I don't necessarily hold to a particular view on my own because I listen to them and it's beyond, it's beyond my academic ability to, to talk through a lot of it. But I've come to this realization is that, you know, today has enough troubles of its own and we may be headed for things sooner. We might not be, but every day we live, we are closer and closer to Jesus returning. And so I can only worry about today. Am I doing today what Jesus has called me to do? So I guess that shapes it in the sense that I don't worry about it too much. And you do look forward to the return of Christ. Absolutely. Yeah, yes. that does. That plays a big part in the way that we live today. If yes. we believe that. Um, otherwise, I mean, if he's not coming back, then we may yes. do whatever we want. Right. No, I definitely believe he's coming. But whether he comes before the tribulation or after the tribulation, I just, I thought, I'm not, I'm not going to worry about that. <laughs> not something to argue about. Right. Yes. 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 The main, keep the main thing, the main thing. Exactly. Cause you know, as a mother of five, I could argue some days that this is the tribulation, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Let's head over to those children. Yeah. What is God, how is God using you in their lives right now? Mm. Um, you know, my oldest just turned 20 and she is, she's a young adult. And so it's been an interesting transition to see how I'm shifting from her primary influence when she was, you know, a child and growing up in our home to being a sounding board and seeing my role in her life shift to one of support and encouragement and a lot of prayer because she's now her own person. Mm -hmm. I mean, she's always been her own person, but she's responsible for herself in a way that I'm just not anymore. And we're getting ready to launch our son. He's 17. He's in his high senior year of high school heading off to college soon. And so similar things there and having seen them grow up and leave or almost leave has kind of changed how much I'm involved with and how I parent the younger kids, because that time goes much faster, much faster than you think it will. When that newborn baby is in your arms and they, someone tells you, you blink and they're off to college. You don't believe it because you're sleep deprived and it, the days are so long but it does go fast. And I unfortunately probably squandered a lot of time with my older kids. Um, but probably in reality, I was just learning. And so my younger kids are getting the benefit <laughs> of all the things I learned as a mom through my older kids. Yeah. Round two. Yes. 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 <laughs> I, I saw that with my mom who had older children and younger children. And the older ones look back and think, why are you being so easy on them? Know, right. Yes. It's not fair. Yeah. I was the <laughs> oldest. Everything was piled on me. Yes. Yes. I was the oldest too. 
So while that makes us responsible and organized, and I guess a lot of that uh, really helps with organization in the home and management, um, keeping that home a, a sanctuary yeah. against the world for the family, which is a good thing. And I know that you have used your life to help others as well in that. Do you want to tell yeah. us a little bit about more mommy moments? Yes. So more mommy moments um, kind of started, it'd been an idea percolating for a long time, but when just prior to our adoption of the littles for about a year, I had felt the Lord telling me, get caught up on a whole variety of product, projects that were just, you know, like, you know, getting our finances um, all entered into Quicken so that doing our taxes would be fast and easy and things like that. And I was going through kind of, I don't know, a slump, a mini depression, and I just didn't feel like it. And so I didn't do it, even though I kept hearing the Lord say, do this, do this. I was like, I'll do it later. So when the babies came, I added more responsibility on top of all these things I was behind in mm-hmm. that still had to happen. And I have never felt as overwhelmed as I did those immediate weeks after they came in. I thought, I know we're doing what we're supposed to do, but no one's going to survive this. We are not going to make it. <laughs> and one day I just said, okay, hold on a minute. All my systems have fallen apart. Why aren't they working? And I started with my laundry and then I went to the meal planning and I just systematically started putting back into place systems that served our family. And that's the key because so many times systems, people try to serve the system and then it becomes a burden. But when the system serves you, it, it adds a layer of predictability and freedom. And so as I started to you know, dig myself out of this overwhelm by doing this, I began to, you know, talk to other moms and realize that, you know, moms need help too. Some of them don't, you know, what's obvious to me is, is magic to someone else and vice versa. I'm like, Oh, I never thought of that. That's, that's amazing. That's life-changing. And so um, I wanted to create a space where I could share with moms the things that I know and I could learn from other women and together we could figure out what are the, the principles, the, um, the ideas, what are the things that are going to help us implement systems in our home that serve us well so that we're free to be the mom, the child of God, the wife, what we're called to be. So all the organizational things are on your blog. Is that what you have available to others? There's organizational things. There's some relational things. Um, there's some things that are specific. I'm working on a series right now on, you know, selling the things, uh, eBay, garage sale, you know, <laughs> how to do it well so it doesn't become a huge burden. Um, but really, it's about connection, connecting people, moms in this case, to the right resource, the right idea, the right tool, the right person, whatever is going to help them. Um, solve whatever that challenge is that they have. That's great. I, I know when I was a young mom, uh, I could have used all that. To, um, but life is so different now. Yes. I did share, you know, being a homeschool mom and tried to encourage all those around in our town to homeschool at that time. Mm. But even all the things that I shared online, domestic type uh, activities, 
it, life has changed. The world has changed. But I yes. know that the message of Jesus and his influence on our hearts is still going to be the same and very neat. So as we organize our lives and get connected with these resources that you have, there's more time for us to get quiet before the Lord and be prepared before the army that we're raising yes. attacks for yes. the day. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. And the internet is amazing. It has changed how we can find these resources, yes. but the internet has also brought these challenges into our house in a way that, you know, my parents did not have to deal with. And, you know, so we're, we're, we're facing a different battlefront these days. Yes. Well, they're tools, whether it was a sewing machine or a new crock pot, bread maker, internet, Pinterest, all these things. If you use them as tools, set them aside when you don't need them and focus on what's important. They're good. They can be good things. Yes. All things can be used for good or for evil. So Exactly. <laughs> I think you have an idea in mind beyond I your blog. Yes. You want to share that with us? Sure. So um, I have a new podcast in the works. I'm um, beginning to record things in the, this month, record some interviews, and uh, it'll hopefully debut after the first of the year, but it's going to be called um, This Mom Knows. And um, it will be a place where occasionally I may just share something, but in general, the idea is that I will be interviewing moms about things that they know. And it can be everything from this mom knows um, Christmas traditions, and we talk about things like that, or this mom knows fear, um, and how does that play out in parenting or children who are fearful, Um, or this mom knows butterflies, and how can we plant a butterfly garden. So I'm, I'm hoping it'll cover a gamut of topics from, you know, the practical to the personal and, you know, emotional and just interesting things. Um, but I'm excited about that because I love, I love connecting. I love hearing stories from people and I love telling people about people they should know. And podcasting is such a wonderful medium these days for young moms, busy moms, grandmas, I don't care what generation it is, because we're finding time in our day, even when we're busy, these Bluetooth stuff, when you're folding the laundry, doing the dishes, uh, washing the car, all those times when you've got one ear plugged in and one listening to the children, but you're still learning. Yes. And you're still feeding your own soul at times, depending on what you're listening to, which helps you be a better person, which helps you be a better mom, better wife, a better family, better child of God. So I'm excited yeah. for you to have this new, new podcast. How are you going to, in your mind, set up time-wise, time management for all of this? So we, our family um, volunteered at a food pantry for several years, and sadly, it, um, it closed down in August. So when it closed down, I talked to my husband and I said, so I already have this time carved out of our month. Could I hire someone to watch the kids so I have some blocks of time? And so that's, that's my plan for that. So twice, um, twice a month, I have someone who comes in now. Um, for four hours. And then he graciously said, well, you know, why don't I just take over watching the kids those afternoons? So I actually have two full eight hour days um, right now, which I've never had before. Today's my first one. Oh, <laughs> um, exciting. Very exciting. Um, and then 
I try to get up at 5 a.m., which is so early, but the kids don't get up till 7.30. So if I get up at 5, my husband has my coffee by my nightstand. So when I wake up, my coffee's there. I wake up, I can do my devotions. And then I have about an hour and a half that I can write and work on other things that I want to work on. And I found by having that morning time, and I'm anticipating now with these two days set aside, that that's going to give... Um, structure because that still gives me enough time to homeschool in the mornings, work on, you know, meals in the afternoons, whatever else I need to do and know that I'm still making progress every single day. So that's, that's my plan. And uh, now that it's a plan, something will thwart it. <laughs> <laughs> Count on it. <laughs> yes. But that's okay. Just keep going. Yeah. Podcast on. Yeah. Right. I'm glad to hear that you have a team around you because it, it is, I, I think back now when I was raising ours, I don't know how I would have fit that in with ministry and family and children and work and everything all together. So uh, I'm finally at a season now where I do have that time to do the podcasting and I am truly enjoying it and making it my work so that when my husband retires, we have something to do together. Yes, that's great. Yes. And I can tell you enjoy it. You have such a smile and, and, joy in your voice. So I'm glad you found it. Thank you. I also enjoy talking to people and learning about them. So that's probably why I, as an extrovert being at home, this is beautiful. This um, digital missionary yes. type of medium is awesome. Absolutely. When I was, when I was a kid, my grandma um, was a missionary in Brazil and I would have given anything for digital technology because all we had were, you know, those blue airmail aerogram letters. And it's hard to build a relationship with a seven-year-old <laughs> through, through letters. <laughs> but uh, yeah, digital technology is phenomenal. Yes, I remember those letters from my grandfather <laughs> in Germany. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it was a beautiful mm -hmm. time, though. So yeah. I still have those letters. They are physical. But then you'll also have these podcasts as a legacy. Yes. Who knows? You know, it's beautiful to see how they're listened to all over the world. It's amazing. The reach that you can have in this. So yeah, yeah. I pray that your your efforts and the Spirit will lead you and He will use you wherever uh, he, I know that he has equipped you already. Sounds mm -hmm. like he's organized your life and put everything in your heart to organize it for that. So I'm happy for you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Jen Uren. Yes. Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah, you did. <laughs> it sounds like genuine. So, you know. <laughs> oh, beautiful. You are a genuine person. That will help me remember and right. the listeners remember. So, so. Um, is there anything that I did not ask you yet? If you were in my shoes, what? what would I be asking you that you would like to share with us? Um, well, I think you've did a great job covering. I was just going to say, if anyone wants to be kept notified of when the podcast um, launches, if they connect with me on social media or sign up on my website to get my emails, um, then they'll get notified when, when it launches. Uh, where can the listeners connect with you online? Yes. So moremommymoments.com. And I'm on both Facebook and Instagram at, at more mommy moments. <laughs> so oh, you have to be on Instagram as a yes. mom these days. Yes. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It's, I'm still learning Instagram. <laughs> me too. My kids make fun of me. <laughs> uh, I've, I've come a long way though. <laughs> That's great. 
Yes, you too. I can see that. So God bless you and your day and your children and your family. And thank you so much for your time, Jen. Absolutely. Thank you for inviting me to be part of this. If you've enjoyed listening to Moments with Moni, you can find a lot more information on the website at momentswithmoni.com. There'll be background information on each of the podcasts, a way to subscribe, and information to connect in many different ways. Thanks so much for listening.